When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN2, the ESPN app, one app, one tap. Good morning, good morning. Play, play ESPN, we pop up on your smart speakers like this. I'm snapping right now. Snap like that, we pop right up. Uh, you can hear us uh, where else. You can download the podcast. You can open your window. We'll, we'll, we'll shout. Or we'll beep. Yeah, at you. Yeah, honk yeah, you, you honk instead of uh, instead of flash your lights, Jay. I don't know. I think it's. Uh, I think you got to start with the. Yes, you can honk, but you start with the light flash. Anyway, listen. If you are able, please join us today in supporting the V Foundation for Cancer Research. One hundred percent of your donation goes to cancer research. Go to v dot org slash donate now. So yeah, you were uh, on the way to work and a uh, guy going slow in the fast lane, and you honked at him right away. Oh well, you know, I I pulled up behind him. I was courteous. I, and I was I was in a relaxing mood this morning mm-hmm. at four at three thirty four o'clock in the morning relaxing. Mm-hmm. So I pull up behind him and he's you know I'm like all right this guy's eventually going to get it. He sees me up on him. Obviously there are other people behind me and then I see you know one car go by me in the middle lane go by him two three four five six seven eight nine mm-hmm. and I finally like come on man it was come eight on. before he just added a car but go ahead. Uh, five, five, eight, well the story's only going to get better Max each hour we talk yes, about by the end it's going to be twenty cars be twenty cars are flying by. So I laid on my horn a little bit. It was like, boop, the first time. Mm-hmm. It was like, mm, second time. It was like, mm. It was a little bit more aggressive, the third. And then he still didn't get out of the way. So then I go on the middle lane, go by him, speed in front of him. Now I'm going. I'm going like 65, 70. He's behind me looking at him in the See, rear See, my view. beef with you is you're going 65 in the passing lane. It's too slow. I was fine. Nobody was passing me. I wasn't the one being beeped at over here. And then out of nowhere, this dude, the same guy just passed. The same guy just waited behind for like five minutes, then speeds by me going 75, 80, cuts me off, and then starts going 55 miles an hour again, Max. He's a jerk. Why don't you get out of the lane and just pass him? Because, what am I going to keep going back and forth? My exit, my exit was coming up anyway. But it was just like, well, am I going to go back and forth? And I started getting angry. I found myself cursing this morning yeah. very early. Not a good way to start Wait, your day. You find your, every time I get in the car, I start cursing. You're just an angry as a, driver. As a matter of fact, let me tell you a story. <laughs> so... My middle child, Sammy, um, she was in preschool in L.A., and they have these plastic cars you can get in and play, right? And, and she's in the car, and this is how she thinks you play driving. She's in the car, and she's going, and you know, she's like, two. So she, what is this person doing? <laughs> she oh, thought that's what driving those. was. You go like this, and she goes, what she, are you doing? You never see something so cute as my two-year-old. Like, what is this person doing? <laughs> so you're a screamer when you drive. No, I just get everything annoys me. You know, yeah. I don't. I'm not. A, here's the problem with me. I'm not patient. Hmm. Shocking. Yeah. Not New York. You know, you grew up in New York. You're not patient. Every go, go, go. New York is like where you turn down a one way, and there's traffic. You're like, ah, oh, I'll find a different way. You know what? I'll just go. If I'm on the west side, I'll go all the way to the east side to come back. Just go up. Right, because if you get there at the same time, but you're moving at you're least, moving, it, feels it feels better. better. Everyone, that's oh, the yeah. yeah. The age better. old, the age old uh, uh, saying. Right. 
Um, this is Keyshawn J. Willemax coming to you live from above, above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. So we were talking in the last hour, Jay. It's weird. When you do a four-hour radio show, on the one hand, you kind of reset every hour because people are just tuning in, right? On the other hand, you, you also got to kind of pick it up where you left off. Hmm. We were talking in the last hour about who's more vital to the Lakers' success this season, LeBron James or AD. And Perk said yesterday on my show This Just In in the afternoons on ESPN, 2 p.m. Eastern, tremendous show. Perk said, you know, AD. He, like, let LeBron, he needs to lay back little average 25 and, and you know, feed AD. My point was not just that AD is not reliable, not because of anything he's doing, just his body breaks down, but also this has been LeBron's case his whole career, Jay. LeBron is so good, he's so talented, and he's such a basketball genius that he understands actually the best chance to score a lot of the time is him. He is a pass-first mentality guy. He's Magic Johnson meets Michael Jordan. But he's really more Magic, I think, I think than Michael in terms of his temperament distributing the ball. He's really a point guard. But he, has to, he also recognizes, oh, wait a minute, I can also score with ease, right? So I don't know if it's possible to run the offense through AD with LeBron on the team because of that. Let me ask you this, Max. Because we, I feel like we talk about the Lakers enough daily about what moves they need to make and what's going on with Kyrie never Irving. never talk enough and, about the Lakers. And then Buddy Hilled and could it be Buddy Hilled or how about Eric Gordon, the pieces? Let me just bring it back to I LeBron I like Buddy Hilled right in now. that case. I love yeah. Buddy Hilled in that case. LeBron James, the best player in basketball? Look, if, it, I was, if I was starting a team just for this season and I have to begin with a player and build around him, and the idea is to win a championship. My, I will go with LeBron if you force me. I, I can't prove it anymore. I used to be able to prove it easily. I can't prove it anymore. But, and but, you can make a hell of an argument for other guys. Like when LeBron went up against Giannis, he didn't want it. He did not want that smoke with Giannis, and Giannis was physically dominant. I get it. But to win a championship, I, I'm still taking LeBron. Yeah. So I... I I mean, look, I, I, I get it that he was – he got injured this season towards the back end when they weren't making the playoffs and they are trying to make that push for the eighth seed. I, I get that. But the numbers kind of speak for themselves, man. I mean, the, the guy single-handedly, like not even knowing what Russ being a shell of himself with AD not playing half the season kept him in contention. Now, when he was in his heyday, the prime prime – I think that would have been enough to get them into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But let's not act like LeBron James wasn't in the damn MVP conversation. To me, as LeBron a LeBron basketball- averaged 38 <laughs> and 6. That's what I'm saying. Hold on. On 36% from three. And what did he shoot from the line last year? 76% from the line. But 36% from three. 38 and 6 playing 37 minutes a game. The problem was he only got into 56 games. Exactly. Well, because of the injury and, that's, and also the age, right? So with me right now, this season, I, I think that Giannis is the best player, the most dominant player in basketball. Easily make that argument. I, that's how I feel. I think probably Steph Curry right now is the second best player in basketball. For the first time in Steph Curry's career. Don't tell me about unanimous MVPs. I mean, when they're done playing basketball, done playing basketball at that season, meaning the end of the finals, for the first time in Steph's career, he has a legitimate case that he is the best player in the world. He does. He has a case. And then I got to tell you, like, I, I know Kevin Durant, what he has skill-wise in basketball, but like, I find myself 
kind of giving LeBron James the edge over KD. And I'm not saying that comes to complete skill set scoring, but the the nuances, like the leadership, the mentality. Who you would take on your I, team I to take, start? Yeah, yeah. I would take LeBron. Right. I would take LeBron so you probably got third. Giannis one. Giannis, Steph, Steph LeBron. two. LeBron three. KD four. Who's five? I have Joel Embiid five. That's a very, very good list. I can't argue. I would probably have. Or, you know, some people might have Jokic right there because, you know, two-time, you know, MVP. But I, I still would give, I, I, I would give it to Joel Embiid. I think he. Better, defense, better, yeah, defender, better defender. Better, better defender. Um, I, I want to rewind for a second. Let's go back here. What I said about Steph, you have him two. I can't argue that. Like, I, I might not have him two, but if someone has him one even, I can't argue that can't after argue. what I just saw. A lot of Steph's value is wrapped up on the, in the culture he creates because it's but a also team the game. Movement, the movement he creates on the floor. Absolutely. The way he, he draw, moves without the ball. He the draws way he, so much attention, it's, it's, and he expands the defense outside the lane, which opens up the lane for other opportunities. Before anyone knew what was going on and started adjusting, Draymond Green hit 38% from, percent from three one year because he had all month to shoot the ball, right? And that's Steph Curry. So I can't argue that, but I want to talk about how significant that accomplishment is. He is under six foot three, right? In the history of modern basketball, there has never been a player under 6'4", ever, who you could say, that's the best player in the world. Even when AI won, you know, won that game against the Lakers, no one considered him the number one player in the world. When Steve Nash won MVP, no one considered him the number one player in the world. No one. Not a single person said he's the and, best and player Zeke, in basketball. Zeke couldn't. I mean, Zeke, Zeke, Isaiah earlier, Thomas was amazing. Because they beat up Michael Jordan earlier. In those years. But even then, but still Magic like was better yeah, than Zeke. I hear you. Bird, before he got hurt, was better. Uh, Isaiah Thomas was like was the third best. Stint. He was incredible, but that, that's really the competition. Yeah, in a most... short stint in which Isaiah was maybe the best player in basketball? I don't think so, dude. I don't think he's ever considered. I lived through that era. I don't remember people ever saying, I mean, I was a little kid. I used to argue Isaiah against Bird with my dad because I just hated Bird because I hated the Celtics. But, but he, was, he was really never thought of that way. Steph Curry is so amazing. That even at his size, he may be right now the best player on earth. Never happened before. So people like to give him credit. Mark Spears was on my show yesterday on this just in and like to give him credit in the GOAT conversation for doing that as though it's a pound for pound conversation. My problem with that is this, Jay. As much as he deserves, Steph deserves our, our, our awe for being able to achieve that, there is no pound for pound in basketball. Basketball select out for height. That's why it's so impressive what he's doing. But when I'm measuring a greatness of a player, I don't give him extra credit for being so incredible that he can do it at a certain height. So yeah, I, but- I don't see how Steph, who, who Perk said maybe one day could be in the GOAT conversation, I think Steph at best will be a fringy top 10 GOAT conversation. But I don't ever see him entering the GOAT conversation. What about you? I, I just feel like I've taken on this, this new frame of mind that I'm going to have multiple GOATs. Multiple. That is such a cop out. It's not a cop out. Cop out. It's not a cop out. You're There's gonna tell one... me. You're gonna tell me when it's all said and done. LeBron James is not one of the greatest of all time. Of the is. game of basketball. One of them, but he's seen. under Michael Jordan, who's demonstrably better. All right. So Michael Jordan is one of the greatest of all time. Yes, he is one you're of them, but he's also the greatest. That Stephen Curry, a guy that's changed the landscape of how we play basketball. Max Kellerman, I've seen you shoot a damn ball. Yes. Do you know how special it is? What Stephen Curry is he has even been better able than me? to do? Is he even he's going to be a goat. There are multiple goats. No, there is not. No, this whole conversation about there's only, there can only be one is just stupid and it's lame. It's lame. It's something that media does, but from a specialist like myself, 
I will look at a certain altitude of players and be like, yo, there are if like there was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is one of the goats of the game. If there was a draft and you got to take one guy, you, you, you have a decision to make. That's who you think the goat is. Okay. So you can have one from your age. Somebody else can have another from their age. For me, I have multiple. When it's all said and done, here's the question. 888-SAY-ESPN-729-3776. Will Steph Curry be in the GOAT conversation? Are two-a-days roll along with the Steelers? Which quarterback has the best shot of landing the starting job in Pittsburgh? For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This is ESPN Radio's NFL Two-A-Days, the Pittsburgh Steelers. With the 20th pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Select Kenny Pickett. Quarterback, Pittsburgh. They have familiarity with them. They see them every single day walking into the building. They had the advantage when they did the research and scouting because he's right there. The Steelers believe Trubisky has looked as advertised so far. Now, I was also reminded that, look, the, the Steelers didn't draft Kenny Pickett to sit him forever. And I'm told Mike Tomlin is playing no favorites throughout this process. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN2. And we are joined now by the voice you just heard, hey. who told you, Mike Tomlin is playing no favorites in this quarterback competition between draft pick Kenny Pickett and uh, newly acquired Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. And that Mitchell. is Jeremy Mitch. Fowler. Mitchell. Mitchell, Mitchell. Mitchell. Trubisky. Yes, not Mitch. That's right. I remember that from when he was in Chicago. Mitchell. Mitchell. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, Jeremy Fowler, who does, does not want you to call him Jer. Right? Just Jeremy. The whole thing. You can't call him Jer Fowler. You really, you really did Jer- that off Mitch. Jeremy. You did that Jeremy off Mitch. Fowler. <laughs> Jeremy was biblical. Uh, what's going on, Jeremy? How you doing, guys? No, 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 no. Feels, no, no, feels no, like no. feels like the season. No, it's, it's time. What's up? It's time. It's time. See, because Jeremy has been deflecting. Every time we've had him on remote, 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, you got to come on, drop bars. Oh. And what he said to me last <laughs> time. He said he got time, eight loaded at no, all times. I only do that uh, when I'm in studio. Eight loaded now at all times. Now we are here, and I have a memory like an elephant. So I am waiting, Jeremy, oh. for you to drop us some bars. Yates, give this man a beat. <laughs> I know he what likes this What beat is this? Hold on. Hey. Oh. <laughs> I'm not really going to do this. I though. know he likes this one. All right. Yes. We're on KJM. You know I play above the rim. J. Will pass me the rock. Seaport is the spot. Okay. Okay. Yes. I'm going to stop right there. I'm I'm literally going to stop right there. We'll leave it at that. You know what? Looks like you should be in a barbershop quartet and drop bars. I'm going to stop right there. I really appreciate you because you... You took a chance and you went for it, <laughs> yeah. and that's all a brother can ask. And didn't embarrass you himself. You are my new favorite yep. dude. Yep. I, I, I could have kept you. going, but I'm going to stop. Didn't yeah. embarrass lay himself. Out. Let's lay out. That was good. That was that's good. Right. I like that. Just a layup I'll line. Take, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's get some warm ups. Go ahead, Matt. Transition. Dangerous to do on the radio live too, because you want to curse when you when you freestyle. <laughs> that a lot was of an interesting beat choice. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. He gave me the slow joint. Yeah. No, that was Yates hooked you up with that. He gave you a little time. Yeah. A little time. A little pusha T. I know that's your guy. So you know. I was, I was waiting on the other, the other Pusha T beat, the one you always play at the beginning. Oh. See, the, the fact that, that he can identify Pusha T beats. Yeah. Oh, this one? Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. See, that's, you set yourself up with that because I, I knew no, he was no, going to no, give it to you automatically. No, we're all done. All right. We're so done. it's time for two a days. <laughs> and we're doing the Pittsburgh Steelers one. right now. Jeremy Fowler is the ESPN's, of course, senior NFL reporter. You can follow him at Fowler ESPN. Which quarterback, Jeremy, has the best spot, if he's not picking favorites, has the best shot at landing the starting job in Pittsburgh? So I said they weren't playing favorites. It's looking like if there is a favorite, it's Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, he, he's positioned himself well. He had a good spring. Uh, the Experienced. Feeling, the feeling mm-hmm. out of Pittsburgh is, is it's his job to lose. Kenny Pickett's going to play. just depends on when. But this is a place in Pittsburgh where they feel like, okay, we have a system in place. We don't have to rush a guy out there. Mason Rudolph – the backup probably knows the system better than anybody. He's been there for four years. So, like, it, it could be a situation where Pickett's stashed, and then when they feel like it's the right time, maybe that's week eight. Wait, are you saying maybe he'd be third on the depth chart? I don't know about it. That's a tough one. I, I could see it just because it depends on what they do with Mason Rudolph. Maybe they trade him, uh, try to, you know, uh, acquire an asset for him. But I, I could see him being number three just because they say, hey, like, it's not a – Wait, you can trade Mason Rudolph for something? I don't know. You maybe get a sixth or seventh round pick. Yeah, really? there's some value for a, a backup quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, you know, pick it. It wouldn't be necessarily about merit putting him third in the depth chart. It would just be, hey, let, let's wait this out and sure. let's have a, a real pecking order with the rookie having to work his way up. But, uh, you know, he might play week eight, might play, play week 12, might be week one. I, I still think everything's on the table. It's just Trubisky clearly has positioned himself as the favorite right now going into camp. Jeremy, I, I get where Pittsburgh is on the defensive side of the ball, but the offense still has a lot of questions for me. Yeah. And I'm curious, when you look at the AFC North, and just how low, I mean, Baltimore is going to get a lot of people back. Lamar Jackson yeah. is playing for a big-time contract. We talk about Cincinnati is special. We know how special Joe Burrow is. And Cleveland, depending upon the Deshaun Watson situation, like realistically, what are expectations or what should they be for the Steelers this season? Mike Tomlin never finished below 500. You're saying they're going to be above 500? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because this, it's still about, if you take the quarterback out of it, we always overinflate the quarterback position, right? That that's just going to result in 12 wins or losses. But the reality is you have to have a good overall roster to make it happen. This is a good roster. Offensive line's the issue, right? If they can, if they can play respectable offensive line play up front for whoever's the quarterback, 
then I think they have what a chance makes to be you, pretty good. Let's stop like, right there. Like because the defense a, is going to be a top five to seven defense again. Let's like, stop right there on the, on the offensive game. line, Jeremy, because as a Giants fan for 10 years, it's like, well, if yeah. they could just – and when you say that, you start to – warning signs, right? Yes, but this is Pittsburgh. They get the benefit of the doubt yeah. a little bit. Yeah, but that, why? what makes you think the offensive line can hold it down? Well, I don't – I'm not saying that they're going to be like a, a top elite unit, but they've added a couple free agents, spent some money. Um, I'm, I, I'm betting in. on them and their coaches and their kind of culture to get that right, at least be respectable. Like last year, it was, it was ugly. But they also had uh, an offense with Ben Roethlisberger where he was aging, had to get mm-hmm. rid of the ball really fast. Mm. They weren't really driving the ball deep downfield. If they can do a little bit of that, then that buys the offensive line some time because then the defense has to adjust to the run in the pass. And so I, I think they'll be less one-dimensional, which will help – the offensive line. I mean, Najee Harris is ready for another beast, 300 yeah. carries. You know, they have they always have receivers. For the last 10 years, they've had receivers. And uh, the defense is going to be good. So I think that there's a formula there. So you're saying that the offensive line holds up. They're pretty good. That's pretty good translate to making the playoffs? I could see Pittsburgh making the playoffs. Everybody's writing them off. I still think it's a good, a pretty good roster. Like, the yeah, the quarterback play gives me pause a little bit. Um, I still go back to... And maybe it's lip service, but like Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky coming out of Buffalo was a great experience for him where he felt like, okay, he could sort of uh, rediscover his gifts a little bit. Like he is a talented athletic player. Fast. They got a bit lost in Chicago. He feels like he got some of his swagger back coming into this year. It's interesting how like new information changed. We were just talking about this yesterday. Changes the way you perceive the past. Yep. Like if you see a, a fighter with a, with, who loses to another fighter – but then the guy he lost to goes on to beat a bunch of guys. It's like, all right, maybe yeah. it's not such a bad loss. Right. When you look back at, at Chicago, Trubisky took him to the playoffs. The team without him was garbage. And they had no offensive line in Chicago. When he left, it all fell apart. Like, oh, actually, he wasn't that bad. Right. He, he was kind of good there. Um, and now Mike Tomlin also, I feel that way about. We all knew he was great. We all knew he was great. But we saw what happened when, when Belichick lost Brady. And wound up with seven wins. Yeah. Mike Tomlin's never been under 500. Like, uh, really, when you right. talk about, if the O-line could just, really, aren't you just talking about Mike Tomlin, like a Mike Tomlin coach team will yeah. compete no matter what? Isn't that really what we're really saying? Yes, and I'm not comparing Mike Tomlin to Bill Belichick, but it's a similar notion, right? We look at the Patriots. Mac Jones, young quarterback, growing, good good player, but not flashy. He's not. He doesn't have the Josh Allen arm, but... And, you know, maybe they're a little old and slow in parts on defense, but it's a Bill Belichick coach team. They're going to be well-coached defense running game. They'll be in every game, right? Mm-hmm. It's still the same feeling with Pittsburgh. Now, Trubisky has some limitations, to be sure. Like, there are only a handful of quarterbacks that you can say and you can go into a game with and say they're going to do anything we need to do. We can go deep. We can go short. You can run any offense possible. Like, Trubisky, you can't do everything with. But you give him a running game and a good defense, and he can get it done. So, um there's a feeling there that like they always pull off a few games they shouldn't, especially in November and December, and I think we're going to see the same thing. ESPN Football Insider Jeremy Fowler joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Jeremy, I'm curious. The Raiders camp starts today, and one of the questions that I've been asked by some of my boys is, did Devontae Adams make a mistake by leaving Aaron Rodgers for Derek Carr? Well, his mistake is – almost $30 million a year worth like that. I'll take that mistake. Yeah, I, I mean, wish I made mistakes um, like that. He, he was ready for a change. Like there was, he and Aaron Rodgers had a great relationship on the field. And I think they had a good working relationship on the field. I don't necessarily think it was this inseparable relationship where they just could never break up. Right. Like Devante felt like, okay, <laughs> may, maybe, uh, you know, time expired a little bit here in green Bay. I need a change. He, he likes living out in Vegas, went and bought a house there. 
Um, he and Derek Carr remain close. Like it, it, some people just want to change sometimes. So I, I wouldn't say it's a mistake. I think if you're looking at pure production and numbers, you know, it, it's hard to say that Devontae Adams, for as good as he is, and he's the best receiver in the game, like it, most people in the run of the league don't dispute that, it's going to be hard to replicate what he had, mm-hmm. right? Derek Carr is very good, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. They had a special chemistry where, you know, Rodgers would just put it up like to a spot knowing Devontae is going to be there. It's hard to say they're going to do that well, again. Well, that, so that's it, chemistry. Let's stop right there, Jeremy. The chemistry thing is interesting because if you have a quarterback who's good enough and a receiver who's good enough, we might think they have chemistry just because they're both the best in the world really at good. what they do. Right. But with Derek Carr, there is this idea. But And yet, Adams and Rodgers developed chemistry because they played so long right. together. Okay, now he's going to his Dude, so you, even though yeah. it's new, you would expect chemistry. Is there enough, to Jay's question, is there enough built-in good vibes and chemistry with these two guys yeah. that it could offset some of the fact that Carr is not Rodgers? Well, I would say I talked to somebody with the Raiders recently asking about that relationship, and they said like they were so on point at OTAs and minicamp that people were just wondering, well, they must have been working out together. <clears throat> like secretly, they must have been doing something uh, in April or March nugget, and early yeah. April, right? Like that's how it looked. Mm. And so th- the question is, you know, how do you get Devonte his normal share of targets when you got Darren Waller, who's like a top three tight end? You got Hunter Renfro, who's always an easy target. Got a pretty good running game. So th- there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of production to go around. Where in Green Bay he was the guy and was going to get the ball first, second, third. But he got his money, parts. so it's not about his stats anymore. He wants to win and be happy, right? Like you would imagine, yeah, you think, just got paid. That's why you want the numbers so you can get paid, well, and then you right. want to win. Well, I, yeah, I that think that all that comes into play for a picture, or for a player, especially when you get in year seven and eight, you know, you have a different outlook. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but that, that's what I said to my board the other day. I'm like, all right, so what a mistake mean? That means you think Aaron Rodgers is going to win a Super Bowl? Like you think he's – because to me, that would mean you're making a mistake. If Aaron Rodgers then goes out and wins a Super Bowl and you're looking at the AFC West being like – Damn, we got to get through Kansas right. City. We got to get through Denver. We got to get through, you know, the Chargers, all these teams that are like, that's a hell of a division. He went to a brutal division. Brutal division. That's what makes it brutal tough. this year. Like, yeah. who knows? You know, that's he's sure. going to be in Las Vegas for four or five years. So he's playing the long game. Well, here. Patrick Mahomes and Justin, I say brutal going forward because those are well, young yeah, quarterbacks. Those guys, those guys aren't going Mahomes anywhere. Mahomes and, right. and, right. and, and, and Herbert. And yeah. Russell Wilson, they know, knock wood, no one gets, you know, seriously hurt or anything. But for the foreseeable future, you are swimming with sharks in that division. It, it's going to be bad for a while. But the, I think the calculation is, hey, I can go to Las Vegas. I still have a good chance to win. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, you know, like the Green Bay positioning where you have a chance to win 12, 13 games every year. In the NFC, you're going to win the NFC North every year. A little different dynamic, but you'll you'll take that over happiness, good weather, exactly. good, good teammates, way, good and a lot of money. A, exactly. Good weather's a big thing too, Jay. It's, so, <laughs> it's a big thing. Like you it's go from, bigger than ever for players. Like it's yeah. you know, no state tax in no Florida. State income tax. There, I knew like, it was going to happen. Stuff. I yeah. knew we were going to hear it. Yeah, no state income tax. Yeah, like that's a huge calculation. It's, it, it has to be. Um, oh, are we up against it already? That so is happens Jeremy, when Jeremy Fowler comes on and yeah, starts dropping bars, and bars, <laughs> spitting lyrics. Look at this! Spit, I, don't, I don't spit anything. You don't spit. It's more, it's more just, uh, yeah. That, that was what is that it? was off the top. Who's the first? Was top. Who, who was your like early on? Like who were your favorite rappers when you were a kid? Because you were rappers you, the I'm whole time. When I was alive as a kid, there was no such thing as rap at first, right? But so when growing up, your whole life, you've known like hip hop has been there. Your favorite rappers as a yeah, kid. Yeah, but I just I liked all of them. I liked. Uh, you know the the normal picks, right? Biggie and mm-hmm. and Pac, all those guys. Like, all right. that, that was all right. Of, so yeah, you're regular. But I, but rap I like fan. you know I was from Florida, so you had like uh, 
you know, they, they called it booty music at the time. You know, you said like, like this, the music they play at like the club or the dance. Find, yeah. Something yeah. like that. Let yeah. me find it at those clubs, Jeremy. There's video yeah. out there of Jeremy Fowler. You know, like with some Uncle Luke playing. Some Uncle Luke playing. Let me find out about you. Let me find out about you. Uncle Luke. An all-pro linebacker joins us next to discuss his daughter's courageous battle with a rare form of eye cancer here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, guys. Mario Davis, New Orleans uh, Saints linebacker, is with us. His daughter, Carly Faith, was diagnosed with a rare eye cancer known as retinoblastoma. Mm. I mean, I, is, and nothing worse than hearing that your kid has something like this. Unbelievable. Lost her eye, but is now in remission and that's great news, Demario. Thanks for coming on with us. How's she doing right now? Oh man, first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, she's doing phenomenal. She's doing phenomenal. Uh, she's she's uh, been been well on her way to a full bill of health um, for a little over a year now. Um, no no complications, no anything. Uh, it was very news. scary and very challenging time when she went through it, but she's healthy now, man. Fully healthy baby. Tamar, I I can't even uh, uh, imagine, brother, going through something like you're going through. Uh, How was it for you and your family when you guys first found out about this news? Uh, It's very tough. Nobody's prepared to hear uh, the C word. Nobody. Um, It shakes you to your core. You have so many different emotions um, when you uh, find that out. But definitely my wife and I would just, Filled and covered with with the grace of the Lord, um, He shifted our our, our perspective uh, immediately. Um, my wife is who I was worried about, but I mean she she was uh, a rock star during it. Uh, she never wavered uh, in our faith. She wasn't uh, distraught or anything. She was strong. Um, and, and and myself, God just really showed me how. Uh, we were really blessed just to be able to have, we have five kids. And so he just made me look at things like how blessed we are to have kids uh, in the first place. Uh, even when a lot of people don't have kids, uh, he let me realize that we were able to take our baby home the same day that we found out the news when uh, everybody doesn't have that situation. Um, and she lost her life. She lost her eye, uh, but she didn't lose her life. And so, I mean, we just shifted our perspective. Um, I think our faith kind of kept us grounded through it all. So, uh, we're definitely blessed to be on the other side of it. And, um, you know, our baby is, she's the life of the household. And, uh, I mean, she's, she's a full, full, fully healthy baby. Uh, it was a, it was a season that we walked through. We were really fortunate, but everybody doesn't have that story. And so we're just, we're just grateful and blessed. Was that, is that your message to people? Like what, what would it be going through the same thing that, that you had just, that you are going through still now, or certainly, when it when you got the initial news, what would your message be? I think my my mine would be um, uh, just lean in on your faith and and, and trust um, trust that that whatever whatever happens uh, is is meant to be. I think we that's what we worried it it was man. Even if uh, she would have lost her life, uh, though that wouldn't have been what we wanted. Um, we knew that we were fortunate and blessed. Um, to have had time with her, and um, that's that's how we shifted our perspective, and it really was just being grateful to everything that that that, that happens. And so many people can't even have kids. I um, mean, we know a lot of families that are in that situation right now, and so the fact that we had had her was a miracle in itself. And so we knew that whatever 
the miracle was, we knew the miracle maker. And so if the miracle was, uh, you know, saving her life, then we would take that miracle. If, if the miracle was she would get to keep her eye, then we would be comfortable with that miracle. Uh, and whatever the play, whatever, if the miracle was just being able to have her, that was that was the miracle. Um, and so that's how we shifted uh, our mentality that the miracle wasn't, you know, because we didn't want our baby to lose her eye. That was, you know, very, uh, uh, that was very tough for us to think about, you know, having a child who's going to lose an eye. But uh, we knew we knew the miracle maker. And whatever which was going to take place in this situation was going to be nothing short of a miracle. And so, um, and that's what we found out. And um, fortunately, uh, she's been able to be 100% recovered. And uh, uh, we get to enjoy a lot more memories. Uh, or get to make a lot of new memories with her. Uh, you know, she, like I said, she is a, a bundle of joy. Um, but her name is Carly Faith, and she challenged our faith. And, and that's what I think what happened in that season was our faith went to a different level um, because I think our faith was limited to what God could do at the time. But then when you don't know what, what, what's going to take place, you definitely have to go to another level. And that's what I always just encourage everybody. Um, you know, in, in, in light of our daughter and in, in light of her name, is just lean in on your faith. Lean in on your faith, and, and you'll make it through the season. Demario Davis, New Orleans Saints linebacker. Um, uh, great to have you on this morning, and uh, very happy that your daughter is – going to be okay that is great news thanks for thanks for joining us. also D, i appreciate you coming on, on coming on here and, and preaching faith man I, I think a lot of times you know we get in, into all these sports debates and we don't understand how difficult life truly is and at the end of the day if you don't have faith you don't have anything so i, I appreciate you sharing your story man thank you if you are no, able that, go ahead go ahead tomorrow no i thank you guys for having me on and, and, and you're right faith is such a, a critical point because um a lot of us you know have have our faith in 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 different things but your faith is going to get tested in life and regardless and and what are you going to be standing on you want to make sure that you stand on something solid i mean you go into the hospital and you hear you know your daughter has cancer that's going to shake you to your core you know and and no matter what you have your security in no matter what you you know you have your faith in you're going to anchor somewhere and if you don't have your anchor in the right things, man, it's going to take you on a path that, that uh, you know, could be very reckless. And so I think that's what happened with us. We just dropped our anchor, and we found out that the faith that we had was very solid, and we were able to lean on that. And I think a lot of times in situations when you don't have your faith in the right things, you drop your anchor, and nothing is there, and it's hollow. You try to drop your faith and your anchor on your money, and your money can't solve it. You try to drop your anchor on people, and the people can't solve it. Um, and when you get to that point, you realize, man, you better have something in place that 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 that's strong and sturdy. Um, and a lot of times, you can't see God; it's just like the air, but but you know He's there. And I think that's that's what it's like when you're able to drop your anchor and and lean on something solid, because man, He renewed us in ways that we would have never imagined in that tough time. And so I just would encourage people to to think along those lines. Thanks, Tamari. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. If and you- thank you, guys. If you're able, please join us today in supporting the V Foundation for Cancer Research. 100% of your donation goes to cancer research. Go to v.org slash donate now. More Keyshawn J. Willemax next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Enjoy the conversation at 888-SAY-ESPN, 729-3776. And we are brought to you by Progressive. Um, so, Jay, Sean Payton, just talking to DeMario, who's a linebacker on the, on the uh, New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton believes he'll be an NFL coach again. Figured that out, huh, Sherlock? But no way <laughs> to predict which team he would lead. Here's a quote from Coach. Ultimately, do I think I'll get back in? Sure, Payton said. There's no way to predict who that club might be. Usually there are about six openings every year. If there's a right fit somewhere, that ultimately will depend on several factors. So there are three teams that have come up in conversation. He told this to USA Today, by the way, uh, Sean Payton. So, so, Jay, there are three teams that come up in conversation. Let's start with the Miami Dolphins because they just hired Mike McDaniel. Unless he's a total disaster, hard to imagine the very next year they move on. Yes. Although, if they're going to get rid of – if Tua doesn't pan out, and I, I'm, I think Tua's a little underrated, actually. I like his development so far. Um, then maybe they would make wholesale changes. Who knows? Then the two that I focus on are the Dallas Cowboys, where he was – you know, everyone immediately Cowboys because that sells, frankly, in the national media. And it also makes some sense because if McCarthy falls flat, they're not going to blame Dak, obviously. Not yet. Just paid him, and you know he's good. You don't know if he's great. You know he's good. And the Los Angeles Chargers – now, here's the question. Which is the better fit? Key and I discussed this the other day. Jay, where do you think, if you were McCarthy, where, uh, McCarthy, if McCarthy. you were Sean Payton, if you were McCarthy, just want to hold your job. If you were Sean Payton, where would you want to go? Well, I, I don't discount Stephen Ross and the Miami Dolphins, mm-hmm. first and foremost, even though Mike McDaniel's in his first year. Just understanding what that situation was like. And well, you and Stephen Ross belong to the same yacht potential, club or something? <laughs> we used to, you're going to stop framing me as that dude. But those kind of quote-unquote conversations that were being held with Tom Brady, those rumors that were circulating 
with Sean Payton, Tom Brady, Stephen Ross about creating something down in Miami, depending upon what happens with Tom Brady after this year. I still think that's a major factor. They all have a relationship. I'm curious where that goes. But if you're asking me if it were between the Chargers and the Dallas Cowboys, I get the upside of the Chargers. I understand that they are with a talent, with a guy like Justin Herbert, who has a chance to be an incredible quarterback, uh, with a guy like Brandon Staley that's more analytics-driven. If it doesn't work out in year number two, what that can look like. But, I mean, <laughs> the Cowboys opportunity, if Sean Payton, like, I run towards that because I have the buy-in from Jerry Jones. I know the longevity, and I know that the history of the great coaches that they've had, they haven't had too many big-time head coaches and there's been a history of their head coaches staying there with the franchise for long periods of time. The culture that, to revive that culture with Jerry Jones, understanding that I still think Dak Prescott, regardless of whether people want to say he's overhyped, they have him 10 he's to a good quarterback. He's a legit good quarterback. There are pieces and the foundation there. And if I'm Sean Payton, I'm not worried about running away from expectations. I run towards them. I'm Sean damn Payton. I know what time it is. And having the resources of Jerry Jones, I run towards the Dallas Cowboys. I hear that. Those are good arguments. I'll tell you why I would take the Chargers. Well, first of all, you could even add, coach of the Dallas Cowboys, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, is one of the premier glamour spots in sports around the world. Right In, in this country, it's hard to think of some coaching position more important. Um, or at least bigger, that's going to mm-hmm. get covered more and everything, prestigious. Number one, um, this is not knocking Dallas. But if you're a rich dude, which obviously Sean Payton is and will be when he signs his next deal, I'll take L.A. over Dallas. I don't think that's controversial, okay? There's no, no knock against Dallas. Also, we, there's a warm weather. He already has free, a crib in Dallas, though, by the way, Sean Payton. So, yeah, okay. he has fa- but he will tell you he's got family in L.A., in Southern California. Southern California is tough to beat. Then um, you have Justin Herbert, and he's young. Oh, oh well, how's that tax rate? No, no, no question. Go ahead. But, Go ahead but you have Justin Herbert, and he's young. Okay. And I think the number one thing that informs decisions for head coaches is who's the quarterback going to be. Dak is good. Justin Herbert has already been better than I think Dak will ever be. And he's going into his third year, Justin Herbert. Like, it, that means a lot. And then when you look at the talent of the roster up and down, they have the best roster, at least at the moment, I think. The Chargers, arguably, in the league. If Staley doesn't take them to the playoffs, and they might miss the playoffs, by the way, because of the division, there will be a coaching change, and I think they'll back up the truck for Sean Payton. Which is the better job? Cowboys or Chargers? 888-SAY-ESPN, 729-3776. Lane Kiffin, news coming up. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. 
See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.